are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked on Vikings podcast. Really cool announcement at the end of this show. So stick around to the end because I got something really cool for you at the very end. But first, I'm your host, your pal in the Katie Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. Today's a mailbag episode. I'm taking your questions. Usually we would have done this on Tuesday, but you know, there was some stuff going on. So <laughs> roster cuts to, to, to cover. So we did that instead. So we're doing the mailbag a little late this week. We'll be back on the usual schedule next week with uh, Twitter Tuesday and also bold predictions on Friday. So if you listen to the Friday show next week, if you want to get your bold predictions in, go ahead and do that uh, on Twitter or in the Google Doc or whatever you want. So Before I get into the mailbag today, I want to talk to you about the Ultimate Season Preview from August 30th, which was Monday, so you're a week behind now, all the way through September 8th, the day before the season opener. We're going to do kind of one division a day uh, of the Ultimate Season Previews. That means all four locked-on hosts for the teams of that division, so, you know, locked-on Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions, for example— uh, as well as Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora with our Odyssey partners are uh, breaking down each division and going in depth like you've never seen before. Go check that out. It is a separate podcast feed. It's not on Locked on NFL or whatever. It's a separate podcast feed, the ultimate 2021 NFL season preview. Search that wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Odyssey, whatever, and you can find it there. Go check that out. It's a really awesome project. But now we're going to do the mailbag. And before we get into the mailbag, real quick, there was a punter thing. So the punter saga has been a bit of a story this week with Britton Colquitt getting cut and re-signed and now cut again for Jordan Berry. And now Jordan Berry is the punter. So I don't know what they were doing with their, their punting situation uh, or what the whole deal was, but now Jordan Berry, longtime punter for the Steelers. He lost a job in camp this year, and now he's coming in to be the punter for uh, for the Vikings. Now, I don't know a lot about Jordan Berry. It seems like he was an average punter, a fine punter, um, and we'll see if he can hold kicks as well, but Britton Colquitt is now out as the Vikings punter. Uh, So that's certainly interesting. Um, There are a couple of other facets of this that will actually be handled by mailbag questions, so we'll get into that. And let's just pop right into the mailbag then. So the first thing I'm going to do here is I'm going to catch up on the Google Doc. If you ever have a question for Locked On Vikings or a bold prediction for a particular game, Go ahead and check out the Google Doc in the show notes. You can uh, get it to me there. And I have been really bad about looking at it all month, so I've got some from over the month. Uh, The ones that are still relevant, I guess, I came to answer here. So we're going to start there. Chad, the lesser says, uh, so I've watched a bunch of videos breaking down Justin Jefferson's release package, and they're all great, Brett Coleman especially, but I went back to his college tape, highlights, not coaches tape, and I'm not seeing the skip step or karaoke step that is so much a part of how he gets into his routes in the pros, like almost never. I was mostly looking at 19, so maybe it was because of the slot work, or did he pick it up in the meantime? So my guess, I'm not going to go and watch LSU Justin Jefferson tape, but my guess would be that you're probably on to something. Um, you know, you would see that in his highlights if he was good at it, right? Um, 
so so I, I think looking at I mean obviously you should like go watch all the real tape if you really want to do it but if you all you have is highlights I think that's fine and the fact that you didn't see that is still kind of interesting um I don't think it's beyond the pale at all that he just picked it up in the pros maybe he picked it up from Adam Thielen who loves that move or he picked it up from you know whoever's wide receivers coach was I believe it was Andrew Janoco last year was the wide receivers coach so now he's the the, the quarterbacks coach and kind of maybe the next Kevin Stefanski so uh, maybe something like that uh but yeah, I don't think it's beyond the pale. I think that's an interesting insight. Maybe you caught something that Justin Jefferson learned in his time as a Viking. That's always cool to see. Uh, moving on to the next one. It comes from George, who says, Injuries aside, why does this team love to move their linemen out of their natural position? Like, when did all this start? And did they have success in the beginning? I know I'm not the only one that gets annoyed every time some lineman is playing something they've never played in the past. So I super get annoyed at this too. So I disagree with it. But I can steal, man, uh, the Vikings take on this so the vikings move guys around like this because they want the best five players on the field so imagine you had four good tackles and one center and and really really bad guards drew Samia and dakota dozier as guards and four good tackles so you could have a really deep tackle room and crappy guards or you can move those tackles to guards they take a slight decrease in quality but probably better than dakota dozier still uh you can even have a competition at that um and then you probably still have a better offensive line. That's the logic. And that's exactly what happened here in 2021. Uh, I don't really agree with it. I think, I mean, just go get a guard, right? Like, why don't you just not have a Dakota Dozier problem? Like that seems fine. Uh, but that's where I fall on it. But that's their whole thing is whoever the best five are, find a way to get the best five on the field. And they value position versatility a lot so that they have the flexibility to make those kinds of calls. Um, but I think they chase it a little too much. So I'm not as big of a fan. Next one comes from, uh, oh, the next one is from Dr. Hans. So Dr. Hans did a whole thing. I actually tweeted out, and I'll, I'll link that tweet in the show notes. Uh, it's definitely outdated now, but basically this really cool guess about what procedure Christian Derrissaw did. And the only reason I'm shouting is out because I just want to shout out Dr. Hans. I think that was a really cool guess, and I like the effort you put into it. And I'm sorry I didn't see it in time to put it in a different mailbag. Um, but basically it was this guess that he had this procedure and that's actually a 12 week recovery and he's not going to be there. And because Christian Derrissaw didn't go on IR, uh, obviously that's outdated, but I just wanted to shout out Dr. Hans for a really good guess. Uh, so the next one comes from George who asks when Mond is out there, is the conservative play more of a testament to Mond's slow processing or the lackluster play of the second and third offensive line? I, I do think the offensive line has a lot to do with this. Um, and I think Mond overreacts to pressure. He either scrambles or checks down way too fast. Um, that was one of the critiques I had from him in the preseason. And I, I think part of that, it's not necessarily slow processing, but just, you know, if you're not as comfortable with what you're looking at out there, you're a little more willing to kind of bail on the whole thing and just go for the check down or go for the scramble and kind of nuke the play. Um, so I think that's that's partially, yeah, you didn't get great blocking from like Zach Bailey. Uh, but part of it is also, I think, Mon's response to that is a little, I mean, I, I've used the word skittish in the past, and I think that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Uh, next up comes from Marco, who says, with Derisaw having missed the entire preseason, how long do you think it will take for him to take Hill's starting spot? Do you think Hill might hold on to it all year? It's super possible for Rashad Hill to hold on to this all year. Uh, it, it depends on how well Rashad Hill plays. If Rashad Hill is good, uh, then Rashad Hill will keep the job. And if he just if he never plays poorly enough to get benched, he won't get benched. Uh, there's only so much you can prove against second teamers, and Christian Derrissaw, now that we're in season, isn't going to get any opportunity against first teamers. You don't have time to do that. So 
it's kind of up to Rashad Hill. If he gets hurt, if he gets benched, Derisaw gets in. So I think somebody else asked, like, what week does Derisaw get in? The week Rashad Hill gets hurt, whenever that really is. Or the week he gets benched, whenever that really is. And maybe you could go through the schedule and see what edge rusher is going to do that to him. Um, I actually think Trey Hendrickson might be a really tough matchup for him. So maybe even week one. But we'll we'll see where that all ends up. Before we get any, any further into it, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, comes in nine delicious flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate, chocolate mint, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate cherry, uh, cookies and cream, all sorts of delicious stuff. They have their main nine, and they also have some other ones that show up on the website every once in a while. So make sure you go check those out at built.com is the website. Go to built.com and you can get a box for yourself. I recommend the sampler. It's two of each of their nine main flavors, and they are delicious but they're not candy bars. They're protein bars. That means they're not going to knock you off the wagon. They're low sugar, low calorie, uh, high fiber, high protein, low carb. They're even keto friendly if you're doing the keto thing. So head on over to built.com. You can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You get 15% off of your order, whatever you get. That is promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. All right, moving on with this mailbag, we have some good caustic energy coming from Andy, who says, does this entire season's success once again hinge on being completely healthy? It seems like we have no depth. If the injury bug bites, are Zim and Spielman safe for another run it back? And is this 100% Kirk's last year on the team? Uh, This sounds like you really want it to be, buddy. (laughs) Sounds like you are ready for the next chapter of the Vikings. Um, So here's the thing. Yes, they have a depth issue, which means they are particularly vulnerable to injury. That's never a great thing to be. So yeah, injury luck is probably going to be more important to the Vikings than it is for other teams. But other than a few principal players, yeah, if you lose Kirk Cousins, yes, it's probably season over. That's probably true of most teams. If you lose, I say if you lose Harrison Smith, you're in a lot of trouble. If you lose Daniel Hunter again, you're in a lot of trouble. There's a few players that kind of have to stay healthy, and that's never a great place to be. Uh, I don't think that's entirely true. I think, you know, if you lose... Eric Kendricks, I think you've got, you know, if you, let's say you lose Nick Vigil, right? You got like 10 Nick Vigils. If you lose one of the tight ends now, you know, you kind of lost Irv Smith. If you lose Tyler Conklin too, and now it's Chris Herndon, okay, that's fine. If you lose one of the offensive linemen, let's say Oli Udo goes down, well, that's Wyatt Davis, and we've kind of been excited about him. So uh, there are parts where they're deep. There's parts where they're not, of course. Um, I think Zim and Spielman are safer than fans want Zim and Spielman to be. I know we're like, you know, it's what, eight years of Zimmer now, and we're kind of ready for the next chapter. I get it. Uh, But I don't think the Wilfs are really into pursuing novelty. I think fans are. I think fans want the new exciting guy. Uh, The Wilfs don't. The Wilfs, I think, see what Zim and Spielman do. I think they're happy about it. Um, And I I think ultimately they'll... Look, if you go one and eight to start the season, of course, you know, we start having a conversation. Um, but I don't think it's this thing where eh, if they get in the wild card and exit, then it's going to be fire. A lot of people think, you know, a wild card exit would mean fire everybody. I don't think the Vikings do, though. Uh, so the last one from the Google form, it comes from Muircat, who says, what's happening with the Brian O'Neill contract extension? I don't know. Uh, it's been reported that they have definitely been in talks. Brian wants to say the Vikings want to keep him. So it's just a matter of money. Uh, there's some interesting projections about five years, 70 something million contract, something like that. Um, we'll see if the money can get worked out or not. Sometimes this kind of extension happens like mid season too. It's the Vikings usually get it done ver- during camp and now that has passed. So it's usually it's later than usual for the Vikings, but it'll come. Uh, moving on to the actual Twitter questions. The first one I'm going to answer here on Twitter comes from. 
Kirk's vaccine needle. <laughs> it says, it's Monday after the Vikings win at Cincinnati. I like your attitude. First five minutes of your podcast, what did we specifically do right to get that win? Um, okay, so I'm going to cover the preview of the Vikings-Cincinnati game a lot more in uh, future days here. But the thing that I think is really interesting, I was just talking to Sands, who is a frequent guest on Locked on Bengals. Um, and is also somebody I interact with a lot. And he, we were just talking about like the offensive line, defensive line matchups and how interesting they are. Um, and you know, you have like Jonah Williams is their left tackle and he has a problem with length. And the guy he's probably going up against most of the game is DJ Wanham, who is like, oops, all length. So it's an interesting matchup. And I think if that goes the way it sounds like it'll go, that might be a big factor. Um, I think Kirk has to pull out of his funk from the preseason. Kirk's in a funk. He's got to pull out of it. I think we're talking about that happening. I think we're talking about the fronts working and and slowing down the Bengals run game, which is very similar to our own run game. Um, We have to kind of say the other, the opposite doesn't happen uh, with the Bengals front. I don't have a lot of belief in the Bengals front. So I think those are the the, the kind of things that I would talk about. Uh, Gabrielle Greco asks a really interesting one. How much money are we wasting with all these cuts and re-signings? Uh, feels like we used to analyze every penny and now we just totally forgot about the financial part of these moves. So for the most part, there is not a financial component to these moves. Um, let's say you have a $2 million contract and half a million of that is a signing bonus. If you cut that guy, you recoup the other million and a half, say it wasn't guaranteed, and then, uh, the signing bonus would stay on the books and then you re-sign that guy and then you just re-sign that guy to a million and a half dollar contract without a signing bonus. And then it's basically the same cap charge and he makes the same money and all that stuff. That, for all intents and purposes, I think that's what happened. Um, except for Britton Colquitt, they did accelerate some like portion of his signing bonus. I think it's less than a million dollars accelerate onto this year's cap, but away from the 2022 cap, which at this point seems to be in a more dire place than the 2021 cap. Um, so I guess they're doing that to cut Britton Colquitt and then they bring on Jordan Berry. And so, but that's a, a more normal move. All the cuts and re-signings and stuff. I believe they are re-signing to functionally the same deal that they were on. Uh, John says, I know that Irv was supposed to be a huge part of the offense, but is it reasonable to think that we could get 2020 Irv Conklin production out of Conklin and Herndon this year and expect to still be fine in that area? I, here's the thing. I wouldn't call that fine. Kyle Rudolph was a blocker primarily for the last few years of his deal. And for somebody like Conklin and Herndon who aren't as good at blockers and Rudolph was like an okay blocker and Herndon in 2020 was a horrible blocker. And I don't think Conklin's really as much of a blocker as Rudolph was. So no, I don't think that would be okay. If all they're supposed to be better receivers, they have to be, uh, if they're not blocking, they have to produce more. And maybe they still could, but I, I think we all have our concerns. Eric the Red asks, It is January. The Vikings have suffered yet another heartbreaking postseason loss. You are given a pie. It is blame-flavored. You need to distribute this pie between your five guests named O-line receivers, defense, key injuries, and Clint, how do you distribute the pie? Um, I take the pie away from those people and I throw it into the audience where Kirk Cousins is sitting. (laughs) I mean, come on, you gotta put the quarterback on that list, right? Um, And I would imagine that he would have to take some level of the blame. Uh, O-line, look, key injuries, I feel like could sink a lot of these units, right? It could be receivers, but it would only be receivers if it was because of injuries, right? If, if the, the receiver room was healthy by the postseason, it was Thielen and Jefferson. There's no way I'm putting it on those guys, right? Well, knock on wood, right? Uh, but I don't know, probably if, if all units are healthy, which I think is implied by putting key injuries as one of the things. So the biggest slice of blame probably goes to key injuries. But if all those units are healthy between O-line receivers and defense, I I don't know if any of them get it. And I don't really know about 
Clint at all yet. So I don't know. I guess I put a lot of it in key injuries and kind of, I don't know, maybe O-line would be tough if it's like still Rashad Hill or whatever, uh, or if Christian Derrissaw isn't ready to go or whatever. Maybe Garrett Bradbury has a bad season or something. Maybe you could put a little on O-line. But assuming those units are healthy, that seems like the last units I would blame. Uh, Mitch asks, why does it hurt to be a Viking fan? Because I will it to be so, personally, uh, because I want you to suffer, Mitch. Kyle asks, why is 58 an ugly D-line number? I don't know, man. It works for Vaughn Miller, but you have to be like a an edge rusher. You have to be like a 3-4 outside linebacker type. You know, you can't be, you can be a defensive tackle. Michael Pierce took 58. This is why we're asking this. Uh, Michael Pierce will wear 58 for the season now because he gave Everson Griffin 97. So 58 goes to, to Michael Pierce, who I guess just doesn't care about his number because 58 looks terrible on a defensive tackle. Uh, Bishop Sycamore PR. <laughs> Oh my God. Asks, who specifically cursed us? I did. It was me. Uh, yeah, sorry. Joseph Bigain asks, now that it looks like Darisol might be back sooner rather than later, should the Vikings move O'Neal back to tight end since they don't have any blocking tight ends? Look, uh, my whole existence is hinged on the potential of a Brian O'Neal touchdown, so I'm in for it. Um, and if he doesn't get a touchdown before he, he flames out of the NFL or retires or whatever, um, I don't know, crawl into traffic. I, I can't handle that. Troy McSee asks, which week do you think Darisol will end up replacing Hill? Yeah, there it is. Uh, uh, sometime. I don't know. It, It'll be whenever Rashad Hill gets benched and if he gets benched by, say, you know, the game against Miles Garrett, maybe. So week five, we'll give it. Uh, I got a lot more questions here on this mailbag I want to get to. But first, let me talk to you about Grambling. The first game is coming up uh, a week from Thursday is the. NFL season opener between the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And BetOnline is a special deal for you. As of this recording, Bucks are seven and a half point favorites, and the over-under is 51 and a half. I took that under. That felt a little steep for an over-under with that Bucks defense. So I took that under. But you can take advantage of the Bet Online opening day super promo. If you want to make a bet on that game, if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks. So it's a free gramble on the season openers. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests. They have online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest NFL survival contest at 200 grand. open at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device. You can sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. You can get that welcome bonus and the $25 refund on the season opener for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, moving on with the mailbag. Last part of it here. Anthony Edwards, enthusiast, says, are you Luke Braun, the real punter of the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, no, I'm I'm Case Cookus. I'm Case Cookus. Certified Kellen Mond Stan asks, with Mannion going on the practice squad, does this mean they now trust Mond as QB2? Was hoping they'd give him a full redshirt year. Well, at the Mond Pond on Twitter. <laughs> I have a feeling you have an agenda here. Um... Uh, so they have to, right? They have to trust him to some degree because there's there's two different ways a backup comes in, right? Either the way that Mannion is, I guess, preparing for is the COVID problem. So now if you have a COVID outbreak in the room and Mannion is vaccinated, as far as I know, if you have a COVID problem in the room, like what happened in camp, um, you can elevate Mannion to the active game day roster that day on a, at the drop of a hat. 
So they're kind of protected against that. And then if you need him for more weeks, you can put him on the active roster. You can kind of deal with that after the game. Um, so him being on the practice squad doesn't make him unavailable for that situation. The situation he was unavailable for is an in-game injury. If Kirk Cousins enters the concussion protocol, is the way I always say it, uh, or if he twists an ankle, right? Then Kellen Mond has to come in. So there are pretty reasonable scenarios, you know, as much as Kirk Cousins hasn't been injured, he only has so much control over that. There are certain uh, scenarios where Cousins is unavailable for a drive or two or has to leave uh has to leave the game or whatever and yeah then kellen mond would have to be the quarterback he's the only other one under contract on the 53 uh slick deuceman attorney at law says record prediction after this totally normal training camp or preseason uh 17 and 0 what are you gonna do arrest me over it uh Taylor asks, do you believe the Vikings to be satisfied with their specialists? Joseph and Colquitt did not have the best of preseasons. Okay, so this is dated. Uh, especially Joseph. There are tons of vet kickers out there that we could bring in for a workout, and he believes the Vikings will do so. Um, so they, I guess they weren't as good with Colquitt because they got a different guy, so you kind of called it, buddy. Um, but with Joseph, I would not be satisfied with him. He could not make a kick over 50. I mean, this was not, oh, he was below average over 50. He couldn't sink one over 50. It was abysmal. I've never seen a kicker that bad over 50, uh, at least not in person. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm we're definitely worried about that. Um, I don't know. Austin Siebert was a guy. There's a lot of kickers out there. There's Joey Sly is a name that comes up a lot. I'm not a huge fan of his. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think they might be satisfied with Greg Joseph. They've done quite a bit to cut and re-sign guys and they did the punter thing um but i mean i don't know the roster might roster might still be in flux and we still have like 10 days before the vikings actually play it's a lot of time for them to go deal with the kicker thing when they had more urgent matters obviously so maybe they just didn't deal with it yet because they had more urgent stuff to tend to uh and the last one i think i'm going to get to is from landon renley who has oh no this isn't the last one there's a couple more uh, but R- Landon Renly asks, do other fan bases act like the season is over after we signed a practice squad quarterback too? Or is it just Vikings fans? Are we just the most snake bit franchise there is? We're super snake bit. Yeah. Vikings fans are absolutely insane about this stuff. Um, I always thought Vikings fans were a little too harsh on Manny and I, he's a backup quality guy. He's not a starter. He shouldn't start on any team. And therefore you can kind of, for that reason, say, ah, he's a bad quarterback. Uh, and so that's fine, but I do think he's backup. Like he's rosterable, man. Like he should, he can be a backup. He can come in and if Kirk twists his ankle, he can be that quality of guy. And so I kind of wish they put him on the 53, but look, if you need a guy to limp you through a game and just game manage and not lose it and maybe have a chance, maybe the team across from you is bad that week or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I think Mannion can give you a shot. He, he can operate the offense, right? And, and he's not going to be crazy talented. He's not going to create, um, but he's not going to be terrible. A lot of people pointed to his stat line too against the Bears week 17 a couple years ago when he had a couple interceptions and stuff. One of those was off uh, a wide receiver's hands. Um, the other one, I don't remember, but yeah, I thought he was fine in that game, man. He's a backup. Like He's fine for a backup, which is a not very high bar to clear, um, but part of clearing that bar is understanding and being able to operate the offense. Kellen Mond doesn't have that yet. He's a rookie, and I don't know if he should have that yet. Um, I mean, Justin Fields doesn't have that yet, right? Like, that's okay, but you do have to have your guy in the meantime. Uh, Chris asks, who will have the best permutation of the gritty celebration, excluding Jefferson and Thielen? 
Amir Smith Barset feels like he's got like the right mentality for that. I think uh, somebody. I mean, I don't know. Dalvin looked like he's been working on his, but Dalvin Cook's gritty seems pretty bad. I I don't know if I believe in it. Uh, or you got to look at somebody who is like not very. You know who has who would have the one that I think brings everybody the most joy, and and a lot of this has to do with like the way that this guy would be in the end zone scoring a touchdown, like the way this would manifest itself would already make people really happy. Michael Pierce. Could you imagine a Michael Pierce big boy touchdown and then he gritties? Imagine this, the dopamine. The How happy would that make you? And honestly, I think that's a good place to end the show. So uh, that is it. So before I go, I told you there would be an announcement. Uh, so so here it is. Lockdown Vikings is going to be on YouTube. Uh, if you want to see this one on YouTube, you can actually find it on Discord, which is linked in the show notes. Uh, so you can find that link here. This is it's a little secret. But Locked on Vikings going on YouTube. So that means an actual uh, an actual video component to this. Um, if you're worried about that changing the show, it won't change the show at all. If you just want to listen to the show on Odyssey or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you do, totally will still be up on there as well. But if you want a video component, sometimes there will be visual aids. I'll be putting up play arts and stuff like that if I'm trying to describe things that are more visual. Um, I, I'll kind of lean into that. Uh, if you are interested in any of that, especially, you know, also guest spots and stuff like that, um, come check us out on YouTube. Locked on Vikings on YouTube. Just search it up. I hope to see you there. I'll be plugging the crap out of it next week, too, so you can't miss it. I will see you all next week, which is the first week actually previewing a game, and then we're all in the swing of in-season, so I can't wait to share all that stuff with you. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL, and the show is on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. I will see you all next week, and as always, Skull.